E3 is finally back, and to be honest, as much as people want E3 to go away, there's an electricity that is in the air right now. And unlike last year, when all events were either postponed or canceled due to the pandemic, E3 was in the process of trying to figure itself out. Now, the year off, hopefully, will have worked in the favor of the ESA, as they are back with an all-digital E3 for 2021. The great thing about E3 is that it's nice to have everything under one roof per se, as last year there were just too many presentations and you were never sure if some were worth watching or you could completely skip it. This year, most publishers are either working in conjunction with E3 or are doing their own presentation around the same time frame. It also wouldn't feel right if we didn't make predictions and hopes for what we want to see announced this week on the Video Games Podcast. It wouldn't be summer without more Nintendo predictions that have been predicted and failed in many years past. Now, eventually, Nintendo will do the things that fans want, but this is usually done on their own time, which makes sense because they are in a fantastic position right now, and they are almost in uncharted waters with only one system on the market, which is selling better than ever, and they're doing it in their hybrid console, Blue Ocean. The last time Nintendo was in a similar position in a blue ocean was when the Wii was dominating as it wasn't really competing with what Sony and Microsoft were offering. However, the major difference was that they also had a handheld on the market to take away some of the pressure from making the right decisions. Looking back at our 2019 Nintendo E3 predictions, we swung for the fences with Metroid Prime Trilogy, a 2D Metroid, possibly a 3DS Samus Returns port, or even a brand new 2D Metroid, and we even thought Rave Waste for the Switch might happen, and there was decent reasoning too with the producer of the series teasing a possible return on the Switch, and even in early 2020, Nintendo renewed the trademark for Wave Race, which doesn't mean something is going to happen, but I think they'd like to keep that door open. And there's also little to no competition in that area of the market right now. And Nintendo does love blue oceans. One of the major hurdles in the way of any Nintendo prediction happening is that Nintendo needs to do a direct presentation. And in 2020, for obvious reasons, including E3 not taking place, Nintendo skipped doing a summer direct, which left the question... Does Nintendo have enough to offer in 2021 to do an E3 Direct? Well, in the spring, we did receive our first Direct in over 530 days, and this meant that there is no predicting what Nintendo is going to do. However, the great news broke this week that on June 15th, Nintendo will be doing an E3 Nintendo Direct and not to get overhyped, but according to Nintendo, it will feature roughly 40 minutes exclusively about software mostly releasing in 2021, and then it's going to be followed up by a three-hour treehouse featuring gameplay of some of these announcements, and there has always been extra special announcements in these treehouses too. One announcement that won't be happening around E3 from Nintendo is that there will be no news from Team Cherry about Hollow Knight Silk Song, as they preemptively announced that they would not be making any announcements around E3. 
One of the most expected announcements is the new hardware, Switch Pro or Super Switch or new Nintendo Switch or whatever the system ends up being called. Recently, Bloomberg ran another article by Takashi Mochizuki once again talking about the next iteration of the Switch hardware. Although this time, sources were saying that the announcement was imminent and could even happen before E3. The new highlights of the article was that it will begin production around July, it will be priced higher than $299 US originally, and it will release in the early fall and eventually replace the standard model. However, you don't announce a new console without showing it off with some great new software. The two most obvious announcements are Breath of the Wild 2 and Metroid Prime Trilogy. Now, if the rumors are correct and Metroid Prime Trilogy has been completed for a while, then constantly refining and polishing the title to look fantastic on the improved Switch would make a lot of sense. I'm going to make the same prediction that I made in 2019 with Metroid Prime Trilogy and a 2D Metroid because it has been too long since this series has seen some love, even though it has never been one of Nintendo's bigger commercial successes. It also happens to be the 35th anniversary of the original Metroid, and you have to assume that they will at least do something for Samus. The other reason why their predictions are getting repeated is because a broken clock is right twice a day and eventually these have to happen. Speaking of 35th anniversaries, it also happens to line up with the launch of the original Legend of Zelda, in addition to the already announced remaster of Skyward Sword releasing in July, and Breath of the Wild 2 which is going to be announced alongside the new hardware, I'm expecting a remake of one of the more popular 2D titles from the series, possibly a Link to the Past. I think this remake will hopefully get the same love and care that Link's Awakening received in 2019. My last prediction of what sports title and when was accurate with Mario Golf Super Rush, which is great because I can't wait to sink hours into that game. And this leads to the final Nintendo prediction, and that is that we will hear from the recently third-party turned first-party studio Next Level Games, who is the team behind the recent critical and commercial success Luigi's Mansion 3. Now, Luigi's Mansion 3 came out around Halloween of 2019, and this means that they will have been working on something now for almost two years. Although, with the success of Luigi's Mansion 3, it's obvious that a sequel is in development, but I think they are also concurrently developing something else. Next Level Games will announce Punch-Out Switch, and this would be 12 years since we saw the last title which was Punch-Out on the Wii that was also developed by Next Level Games. The series made sense to make a return to the Wii because it was a platform that was built around being active and motion controls, and it once again makes perfect sense for the series to make its long-awaited return to the ring as more than ever people need to get active again, and this game reviewed extremely well with an average review score of almost 90% and it also had to sell well because it was soon branded one of Nintendo's select titles on the Wii. It was just a handful of years ago that EA publicly declared that as a company, they had no interest in remasters and remakes, and their reasoning behind bringing forward some of their beloved IP to a new generation of gamers who might have missed out on them the first time around was that it would have meant that they had run out of original ideas. Fast forward a few short years and EA has changed their stance on remasters and remakes likely due to taking a wait and see approach. 
waiting to see other companies be the canary in the coal mine and see if they can be successful. And clearly, some things at EA have changed, including the addition of Laura Melee, which has led to Command & Conquer Remastered, Need for Speed Hot Pursuit Remastered, and Mass Effect Legendary Edition. All of these remasters have been released in the span of just under 12 months between June of 2020 and May of 2021. One of the major reasons for hope is Laura Miele, who is the chief studios officer at EA. A recent article in Bloomberg talked about how serious she is taking her role. When she first got the position, one of the first things she did was gather a focus group to figure out what people want from EA. And one person said, I don't understand why you don't give players what they're asking for. Since then, Laura Mille has tried to do just that, and when the focus group asked for more Battlefront 2 content, she assigned 70 people to the project, and we've seen how that project turned around. Skate 4 is now also officially in the works. Battlefield took a well-needed hiatus to retool, and now we've seen these remasters that fans have been asking for. Mille started work as a project manager in her mid-20s for Westwood Studios in 1996, the original team behind Command & Conquer. This is someone who has been around games her whole professional life and understands what gamers want. The recent deluge of remasters from EA indicate that the studio is now fully entrenched in the remastering process of some of their other greatest IP. Sadly, most of EA's biggest hits are either sports or shooter titles that don't require the treatment. However, there is one glaring omission from their remasters that EA has left dormant for a while, and that is Dead Space. The last game in the series didn't leave the franchise in an ideal place, but that was back in early 2013. Even more absurd is that the original game came out in 2008, which means that the series is over 13 years old at this point, and now two generations of consoles have been released. One of EA's avenues for releasing games is the EA Originals line in which they apparently don't take any profit, which after the releases of Knockout City and It Takes Two, they have nothing in the pipeline. And when looking at their most recent earnings report, things look fairly slim as well with the exception of their usual suspects of annual releases that include Battlefield 6, Madden, FIFA, NHL, F1, and PGA to name a few. One of the biggest changes to gaming today compared to how they were in 2013 when Dead Space 3 was released and even farther back when 2008 when Dead Space was released is the realism that today's engines can provide with unbelievable lighting effects with HDR and ray tracing. These are the key pillars to cranking up the tension in a survival horror game. Now obviously there are many other ways games have improved but these would go a long way in sprucing up the series and seeing how EA has become become aware of what gamers want, it's not a question of if Dead Space will return, but when, and wishful thinking is that it could be during their EA Play event in July. Not all predictions need to be about expecting the unexpected, but can instead focus on refining what is already available, and here are a few update predictions for games that are already available on already very popular live services. 
Warzone has been growing steadily since its release in March of 2020, and recently Activision confirmed that over 100 million people have downloaded the game, and Warzone has also helped drive the earnings of Activision way up as they have reported $8.08 billion in revenue in the last fiscal year, with $4.8 billion of that coming from in-game purchases, likely mostly from Warzone. This means that in-game microtransactions accounted for almost 60% of the company's total revenue, and Activision is going to keep supporting this title. During a recent press briefing, Amos Hodge, creative director of Raven Software, confirmed that the team is working on next-gen updates that will include 4K, 120, faster loading times, and an FOV slider for console. And up until this point, gamers on the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X and S have been playing backwards compatible versions of the game, which do run smoother, but still lack next-gen features. There are two possibilities for when this update will happen. The first will be at E3, where the company can make some kind of splash and hopefully steal a little attention away from Battlefield 6 that is getting revealed on June 9th. The timing is also aligning perfectly with the end of Season 3, which happens to end on June 15th, with Season 4 expected to start the following day, and this is all happening right in the middle of E3, so it lines up perfectly. The other option is that it will be released when the next iteration of Call of Duty comes out in the fall, but that will have been over a year plus from when the new consoles have launched, which would seem too little, too late to compete with all the new entries that will already have all of those features. Another stalwart in the live service shooter genre is Rainbow Six Siege, which has been on console and PC since its release. However, unlike Warzone, there has been no crossplay for a few reasons. Crossplay isn't the same desired feature that we have basically come to expect with almost every game that releases nowadays. The other major issue is that Rainbow Six Siege doesn't use aim assist on consoles, which would likely give major advantages to keyboard and mouse players. However, Ubisoft has been very aware of just how much people want to be able to play with their friends no matter what the platform is, and the addition of crossplay to any game makes much more financial sense. My group of close gamers are always looking for new crossplay games to play because we all play on different systems, and it's likely that we would give Siege a try due to how important communication is, and there are many others like us. Ubisoft is aware of what makes financial sense as they are a public publicly traded company. Ubisoft has acknowledged that this is a feature that they plan to implement in the future, but never committed to any timeline. However, it seems that Siege is now on the precipice of this feature coming to fruition, as they posted it on Twitter saying crossplay between PC and cloud gaming platforms is currently being tested. So you can tune in to Ubisoft Forward on June 12th for more information for our plans for crossplay and cross progression. This would be a fairly lackluster announcement if they just announced that crossplay is going live between PC and platforms like Stadia, as the majority of the gaming audience is on consoles. It has to be assumed that Ubisoft is aware of what gamers actually want and expect consoles to be included in this announcement on June 12th. 
One of our most anticipated indie titles of this year is 12 Minutes, a time loop thriller that is being published by Annapurna, which should tell you what you need to know. 12 Minutes has been in development for a very long time. The official Twitter page for the game was created back in 2014, meaning that the idea and the development likely started long before that. There have been too many subtleties that have me thinking that 12 Minutes is going to be releasing this summer. On April 1st, 12 Minutes received its rating classification across the board from Peggy to the ESRB. And on April 6th, Luis Antonio, creator of the game and former employee of Rockstar and Ubisoft, mentioned that the last voiceover had been wrapped. On April 30th, they announced that they are at the final stages, including bug fixing, localization, and polish. And finally, on May 6th, they announced that they are officially one of the eight nominated games for the inaugural Tribeca Games Award, which you can't submit something for an award unless it's completed. With the recent social media activity from the studio, I fully expect to see this game get a release date announced during the Microsoft conference that will be landing much sooner than expected and will be landing in July. This will give the highly anticipated title time to breathe away from the other AAA experiences that will be happening this fall. The other big piece of news that to further our theory that Microsoft will stop at nothing to make Game Pass as big as Netflix is that 12 minutes will be coming to Game Pass on release date. This will also help shore up the scarce release schedule that Microsoft currently has in terms of exclusive games coming to their systems. As of right now, all that we know about Xbox exclusives for 2021 is that Halo Infinite should be launching in the fall, and I would expect to see 12 minutes launch in this summer alongside The Ascent, which already received a release date, and Microsoft Flight Simulator, all three games that will be coming to Game Pass. That's all for the Video Games Podcast this week and our predictions and hopes for E3 2021. If you enjoyed the show, please consider subscribing and leaving a positive review wherever you are listening to this. And remember to be nice to your fellow gamer, but more importantly, be nice to your fellow human. <laughs>